Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. I'm so glad you're here. On today's episode, I get a chance to sit down with Jarrett and Jerome Humphrey of The Old Truck and many more. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I know. I'm very, very excited. We've already been talking about the best restaurants in Austin, so hopefully you'll be able to give my listeners a few more that I don't know about, so I'm very, very excited. But first, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so this is Jared. I'm Jared, and uh, I'm the older brother of us two. Um, and we've been working together all our lives, basically making one thing or another. And um, you know, we started making books probably when we were in our early teens, and uh, published our first book actually when we were teenagers. Took a break from that. We pursued other professional careers. I'm an entrepreneur. I started a few businesses. Jerome's a graphic designer and an art director. I'll let him share his story. But um, it actually took us 20 or so years to get back to making books. And that's when we made uh, The Old Truck. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just take off from where you were just speaking, Jared. So yeah, I'm Jerome. And um, Jarrett really did say kind of our, our background creatively. Um, I have a day job where I, I'm an art director at the Walt Disney Company. And in my spare time, you know, I'm saying spare time, but like literally all other time, <laughs> I'm <laughs> working with Jarrett on um, co-authoring and co-illustrating our books. And that's how we work together. I love that. Is it always fun and games or are there times when you're like, oh my gosh, like I just need a minute to not be your brother or is it always fun and games? Uh, I think, you know, speaking for myself, it's pretty good most of the time, you know, we, we are brothers and so we don't always agree on everything. Um, when we were younger, we probably got into it more than, than we do now. I think we've both learned a lot and learned how to handle each other and work with each other. So it's been great for the most part, yeah. Yeah. And what I would say is um, it's it pretty much, you know, what Jared said, it's not always like fun and games, <laughs> but <laughs> overall the experience is fun. Like, like I wouldn't really want, like I've collaborated with other people and I do it on a daily basis, um, but getting to do it with Jared is a funner experience because we're, we're drawing on our shared experiences. And I feel like, um, you know, even when we um, agree on things, there might be some nuance that I disagree on and I can bring my viewpoint, but he'll understand it and we come together and it's something awesome in the end. Would you say your personalities are very similar or very different? Pretty different. That's, yeah, yeah, well, I'd say we're different in a number of ways, but um, we do have those shared experiences. So obviously there's some stuff that's that we hold in common, but yeah, we, I, I don't know. We're probably more different than we are alike. There were four, there, there are actually four Pumphrey brothers. Um, so I'm a twin and we have a younger brother. And for, you know, I don't know, even with my twin, I clicked with Jerome creatively more than 
with either of the other brothers. And I think the same is for him. So um, something about us two worked out. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm three of three girls. And then my older sister who lives in Austin has twin boys. And it is crazy how we're all cut from the same cloth and we are all so, so different. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, when we were all living together, we sort of stayed as a group. We were the Pumphrey boys. And so, you know, I don't know if out of convenience with our parents, we kind of all did the same sort of activities all the time. And, but once we, I know once we moved out, we certainly went our own ways and pursued our own interests. And so as we've grown older, I think our interests have certainly diverged a bit, but yeah, we all come from the same place, same family, same parents. It's hard not to have some similarities. For sure. For sure. And don't you feel as you get older, you see more similarities or more similarities of like your parents in you. And I'm like, Oh, yep. There's my mom again. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so speaking of you growing up and being in Austin, what is your favorite restaurant in Austin? My favorite restaurant in Austin. So there's a place that we go to more than any other place. It's called Bartlett's. <gasps> you know Bartlett's? I know Bartlett's. It's so good. Sorry, y'all. If you don't know me, my sister lives in Austin and I'm pretty obsessed with the food. So that's why we have a random question on this podcast episode about food in Austin. But go ahead. Bartlett's, that's probably our sort of all around favorite. We eat there, you know, at least once or twice a month. Um, It is a favorite if we just want some really good food. You can go there. It's got a great menu, a bunch of different sort of stuff. And so Bartlett's, that would be my recommendation to anyone coming to town. So good. Have you been to Carve? I don't think so. I couldn't tell you where it is, but it's newer. And I feel like it could beat Bartlett's because they had garlic mashed potatoes made out of cauliflower and you could not tell that they were made out of cauliflower. Wow. I'll have to carve. So carve, like carve with a knife. Yes. It's like, there's a new movie theater. That's the one where they bring the food to you called like the movie eatery. It's by that. Okay. We'll check it out. Um, I do have one other recommendation. So if you're into sushi, you have to check out Uchiko. Oh, you're not into sushi. But my sister is. So I will <laughs> tell her about what you just said. But yeah, Uchiko. no go, no go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Now, are you both in Austin or just Jerome? Just Jarrett now. Sure. Okay. So we were both in Austin until six months ago. And oh. I moved with my family. We moved to Clearwater, Florida. Uh, for my wife's job. So it's a new new chapter, but we've still been collaborating. What's been interesting is exploring how we're going to continue collaborating because every project that we're working on, we're both doing it. And um, we've been able to make it work with the internet, (laughs) working over, you know, you can literally do anything um, virtually now. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. That's what, I mean, isn't that right? I feel like we all have learned how to human through Zoom. Yeah. Which yeah. I guess is a good thing and, and a bad thing. But anywho, so you kind of already shared a little bit about growing up, but I would love to know what were your readings like growing up? And do you feel like that fostered your love to become creators? Sure. Do you want to go first, Jared, or I'll take it? You go for it. Yeah, I think we, um, I know that we both, 
read a lot. Um, I, I, we went to a small school and um, one of the things that I appreciate about it now in retrospect is that they did have us read a lot. It, you know, books were readily available and um, it was really encouraged. So I, I, I remember um, just being involved in reading a lot and very early wanted to write my own stories. And we actually did that uh, like with creative writing, we, even if it wasn't for a book, we'd be coming up with characters, writing stories, um, drawing pictures of what they're going to look like. And I think probably in the back of my head, I was thinking this can be a comic book one day, or this, this is, you know, something we're going to turn into a book. Um, so I think there was a direct connection for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I, you know, we did read a lot and I, I've always loved books, always loved holding books and having books and buying books and reading them. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we decided to, to make books fairly early on. Um, and I think it was a direct result of that love of books and love of reading. Uh, just sort of having the idea of being able to make something that, that you love so much. And, and credit to our teachers and the school we went to they really encouraged it. You know, I am older, so I wasn't, Jerome and I weren't in the same grade, but our teachers allowed us to collaborate on projects in school across grades. And, um, and I think, yeah, I'd say definitely that that was the seed, that, that was the start of, of, you know, ultimately making books and this passion that we have for creating. I love that. And obviously my listeners can't see you both, but I can even say, see your connection. Even when you're talking, like, you're like, yeah, like you're giving each other like that little, like you got this. And that's just so great to see that even I just meeting both of you for the first time, I can see that. And that's so special to, as I'm reading your books, thinking about that, like how much love and like partnership goes into creating a book. So that's pretty awesome. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. What does it feel like when you see your books out in the wild? Amazing. It feels, it feels incredible. I mean, this is a dream come true, really. Um, you know, we made that first book when we were teenagers and you can't get that book anymore unless you want to pay a fortune for it. Um, but um, we thought we were pretty young at the time, pretty naive, thought we'd be rich and famous off of that one picture book. <laughs> um, and it didn't go that way. And so we had to get jobs and I didn't know if I'd ever get back to books, honestly. Um, you get caught up in pursuing other goals and other dreams and, and this one sort of went on the back burner. And then Jerome moved to New York for a time and I moved out to California for a little bit. And yeah, you did, because that's where it's at. Yeah, and it, you know, we only, what? well, what was it, five years ago, maybe, found ourselves back together in Texas. I had been in Texas for a bit, but Jerome moved back and we were able to start even thinking about making stuff together again. And that's kind of when, you know, you were like, wow, this dream that we've had all our lives could actually, we could realize it. We could really make books that we want to make, the books we've always wanted to make. And and do this for real. And so for me, it's a dream come true to see my books out there. It's, it's a dream come true. And to know that people actually like the books, um, you know, I'd be happy just to make them, even if no one wanted to read them, but you know, <laughs> that people want to read them is, is I'm so grateful. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would add, you know, seeing them out there is, is a cool experience, but what's really special, I feel, has been when you, like we've gotten some messages from people that have read it that are adults, you know, and I'm talking about the old truck right now, um, but they sent messages about how it really resonated with them. Or um, this one woman I'm thinking of um, went out of her way to say, you know, this is like, you wrote this book about me. I, I feel like I'm that farmer. Um, and there were so many parts of the story that she felt paralleled her life. It was a really moving communication. I felt really moved by it. Um, so when, when that happens, that feels almost magical. It's like how, you know, we just made this in our house, sent it out in the world and people are connecting with it. And it's just, you know, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. And I want you, you know, you said it's a dream come true for you, but it's really a dream come true for us because we get to receive what you create and we get to have confetti moments. We get to have a moment reading your book and feel seen and heard and understood. So as much as you say it's a dream, really, it's a dream for us. And how cool is that as for an adult, but even for a kid who yeah. your books are creating readers. Like yeah. you are creating readers who are going to love books, who are going to go change the world. And you never know that your one book, the old truck, the old boat, a kid could say that was my favorite book. And that made me become a reader. That's awesome. Yeah, that's incredible to think about. That is. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm, not, I'm like, oh, I'm having a moment. Okay. Because I am a California gal, I have to know where in California did you live? I was, uh, I was in Los Angeles, specifically for most of the time, the Glendale area. Oh, okay. So yeah. I live in Orange County. So I'm about like an hour south from LA. Okay. 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 That's cool. Our youngest brother, Eric, he lives out there. He's an actor and a, and a director. And uh, so you know, I loved it. You feel like anything's possible out there. I will, I will say that. And Austin has a little bit of that vibe also. I agree. Yeah. Um, I love my time out there. It was great, but Texas is home. It's always been home. So, uh, love it. Love it here. I'm just happy. I get to live in the hill country. Yes. I know Austin is a very special place. I always tell my sister, I love it. I won't live there, but I love it. And I'll always come visit you. So yeah. <laughs> it's great. So like I was telling you earlier, before we started recording, I actually learned about your books and your process on a YouTube video. And I was fascinated. So I want you to tell my listeners, what is your process for creating your books and why are they so unique and so special to so many people? Um, well, we can, we can start with the process. We start, you know, for a book, usually it starts with an idea for a story and oftentimes that story has some sort of personal connection to us, um, either some conversation we had or um, some personal history or story that we have. And we think about that in terms of the text, the words, and we also think about it in terms of the pictures. Um, you know, it might help to talk about a specific instance here. So speaking of the old truck specifically, what happened was Jerome was living in Houston at the time. I was in Austin and he was coming. He was making road trips every now and then to come visit me. And on one of those road trips, he saw an old truck. And, you know, we have old trucks all over the place here in Texas, but he saw an old truck out in the field and he got an idea. 
and he came and he was, you know, I should let him share this part of the story. You want to tell you, you want to tell everyone what your idea was? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, you're covering it pretty well, but you know, I just saw um, how there was something about the image that was evocative. I feel like the, the world around the truck, you could tell it changed, but the truck was there as a constant. And that gave me an idea for a visual story. And, and so I, I just brought that up to Jarrett that, you know, I could see there being a story of a whole, you know, a whole lot of change and a whole story happening around the lifespan of a truck. And for me, that's very interesting. What do you think about that? And then, you know, Jarrett brought up the other elements, some of the stuff that, you know, the, the family, what's the family involved in this? And um, through that, this is just like how we got thinking about it. So, you know, that got our wheels turning. And then there's a lot of things that, um, you know, we pulled from our, from, as Jared mentioned earlier, from our life experiences that ended up making it in there. I want to say this, I feel like what we concentrate on and, and make sure that we have is what is the story. Yeah. And, and that's for every project that we've done. I feel like we, we really get that, like, what is the story that we're telling? What are the themes that we're exploring? And, and we, and we do know some of this story is going to be told with some words and some will be told with the visual elements or the pictures and we use those as tools and, and that helps us like create whatever um, impact we want to create where and when um, but I feel like it's that and it's a bit of a conversation between us when we're making these stories because yeah. we we both make so we both do the words we both write the words and we both make the pictures and so it's a very collaborative process sometimes words come first sometimes pictures come first in the case of the old truck jerome had a very clear picture of an old truck that stays the same on every page and so that was kind of a jumping off point for us and then we had you know we knew we wanted to tell the whole life story of this truck and the family around this truck and so we just want to, it's key that we leave space in the text for the pictures to tell part of the story and then in the leave space in the pictures also for the text and also for the reader to put some of themselves into the story. That's very important to us. Um, but once we have all that figured out and we have some text in place and we know what the visual story is going to be, then we get down to making artwork and we do that with a printmaking process of stamps, foam stamps. And usually Jerome, um, we kind of have roles. Jerome, you know, if we had to split it up, Jerome is more like the art director. He leads on the art side. I'm more like the editor. I lead on the word side. So Jerome will draw out and design some of the, the, the elements that we're going to make into stamps. Then we cut those out of foam and then we make prints. And then we scan all those prints into the computer and composite the final image where we color it and uh, tidy it up if necessary. And that's how we make all the all the images in our books, pretty much. I love how you say that. Like, it's just so easy, like going to get water out of, I mean, I would have no clue. I can barely draw a straight line with a ruler. So, I mean, <laughs> don't downplay your creativity. I mean, it, they're so unique. And so it's, it's like, you see your books and it's like, you know that they're the Pumphrey Brothers books. Like you just know. and. I love how you were talking about how the illustrations tell the story. So I was reading it the other night just to refresh myself. And I noticed that the little girl becomes like the mom. At least I hope that's what happens. And I'm not 
okay, good. Uh, and I was like, that's so genius. And that's such a great lesson for teachers to teach kids about like inferencing and making connections. And that's why I love picture books so much for older kids because there's so much meaning in the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We, we think it's, it's kind of this magic, particularly with picture books where the, the text is telling one part of the story, the pictures are telling another part of the story. And, you know, either on their own, you get something greater than the sum of the parts by putting those together and, and really experiencing that. You're reading the text and you're seeing the picture and you're seeing something that's not said in the text. It's kind of this magical moment. It's pretty special. It gives us goosebumps. That's how we know that we're kind of on the right track. And uh, that's what we shoot for every time. I think you need to coin that because it's so true. It's literally like the words and the pictures together create something that two alone can't or one alone can't do. Right. Well, that gave me goosebumps. So now I have to ask the question that every author and illustrator hates because it's like picking a favorite child. But of your books, which one is your favorite and why? Um, I'll lead off. I, I'm going to say The Old Truck is a favorite. You know, honestly, the... Well, how do I want to answer this? The Old Truck is special because it was our first book back and it's, it's unlocked so much opportunity for us. It's hard to deny how special that book is to us. It's always going to have a special place. Um, but it's also going to be, you know, the latest book that we've always made. <laughs> so right now we have two books that are about to come out. We're super excited about both of those books. And um, but, you know, if I had to pick one, I'd say it's the old drug. That's me. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I mean, you sort of teed this up, but I'll use that parent card of, <laughs> I love all the books equally. <laughs> um, but I think I do. I, with the, with the point that Jared said, you know, the old truck is special in that it's the first book that we, uh, that we wrote and illustrated. We've never done that before. And also it kind of showed us what's possible um, because it was very well received, you know, um, with, um, all of the, the feedback that we got from that. So that was very encouraging. And, and so for that reason, I feel like it, it's special, but I'm super excited with what we just completed um, with the, the Somewhere in the Bayou is our next book coming out. Um, and yeah. I love that. Okay, what other secrets can you tell us or me or whoever? Well, I guess it's whoever, because this is recorded, but what can you tell us about what's coming next besides Somewhere in the Bayou? So we've got the next book in the Elephant and Piggy Like Reading series is from us. It's called It's a Sign. This one comes out in May. Um, and then beyond that, it's just stuff that's in the works. We're currently working on a chapter book, an illustrated chapter book that we're pretty excited about. Um, and we've got other picture, other picture books in the works. We're also working on some projects as the illustrator written by other authors. Um, so a lot of stuff coming from us here in the near future. That's exciting. How does that make you feel? Awesome. <laughs> it yeah, feels it exciting. I feel like we've got books from now through 2025 publication dates um, 
that we're working on. So yeah, super excited. It's, it's now um, we've achieved kind of, you know, it was a dream to be able to make books. Uh, and, and now we're discovering that that's possible. Yeah. I love that. Now, both of your personalities, instant gratification, is it something you need? Because I feel as an author and illustrator, like you just said 2025, and that's like in three years, that's, that's not going to be tomorrow. Is that hard for you? Or have you learned to just like go with the flow? At this point, we're in the flow. I'd say, you know, that first book, the old truck, it seemed like it took forever from when we sold it to when it first came out. But now every year we've got a book dropping. And so, you know, it takes, it takes about what a year from when we turn in the, the work for the book to actually be released. And so it's almost a two-year process from start to finish. Um, and so that first one, that two-year gap, you're waiting a lot and nothing's happening. Once you've got books coming out on a regular basis, it doesn't seem as long, even though that process does take forever still. Uh, but yeah, I think patience is key. We're both pretty patient, um, generally speaking. But yeah, it, that first one took a long time. I'll say that. Yeah, and I will say, I feel like we're so busy with the books that I don't feel like we're waiting. It feels like I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> um, there is so, that too. Yeah, yeah like what, the stuff that we're working on, um, I like that it, you know, every project is new. And especially now that we're, we are um, doing some projects where we're the illustrator for other people's work, which is some, that's new for us too. That was, that takes a different type of thinking to figure that out. So it feels like, um, it's new and interesting. It's a new learning experience. So I don't feel like we're, we're running into the like twiddling our thumbs and can't wait. You know, I, I feel very engaged. You're not putting your feet up and drinking your chai tea lattes every day. <laughs> not, not quite. Not quite. Not no, I, I didn't have this question in the write-up, but now I really want to know what does your day look like as authors and illustrators? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, first, well, for me, it's kind of like I said um, that I, I have a day job. So my day job is like nine to five. Um, what's cool is I do it all in the same place. I work from home, um, the work that I do for Disney. So I, I'll do that. And I try to take a break. I've got um, three small kids. I have a six-year-old, four-year-old, and a five, six-month-old. Do you sleep? Um, <laughs> not well. <laughs> But actually, it's getting back to normal now that the baby's six months old. But um, so I take a little, I usually pick them up from school is what I was going to say. So that gives me a nice little break. It feels like the workday is done. And then I come back and I'll usually call Jared either on the way home or once I get here and um, we'll touch base on what's open. And then I'll, I'll do, you know, if it's a writing thing, we'll probably be conference talking for quite a bit. But if it's some artwork, I'll be doing that, um, you know, that's, that's kind of how the day goes. Yeah, for me, I, so I don't have a day job per se. I do have, I do have some projects that I'm involved with and some businesses that I have going. So I'll do work on that, but you really have to, I have to compartmentalize my day. Um, and that's what I try to do. I try to dedicate the daytime when Jerome is working at Disney on the work that 
I have to do in our projects. So by the time he's ready to do the creative work for the books that we have to do outside of Disney, I can be free to, you know, coordinate with him and touch base and, and do everything that we need to do. So my days, um, usually it's a few days on working, writing during the day, and then a couple days off doing other things that I have to keep going outside of books. That's good because it feels like I am a teacher during the day and then I do my book Ramona recommends like at night and it's good to know there's other people that have like double jobs too because some days like this week and I was like I need a break I need like five minutes to not have to work but it it feels good like you've motivated me I'm like okay I got this you know I'll just take a five minute breather and keep on going because I mean look at the growth you've made and how much you're spreading so much confetti around the world oh I love it. Okay, so my kids wanted me to ask you, my students, do you do virtual author visits to talk about your books? We absolutely do. We do. Um, and we love doing it because we get to share our process and show how we make art with stamps. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. When, when the first book came out, when the old truck came out, we only got to do one live in-person event before the pandemic shut yeah. things down. So um we're getting we're getting out into the world now with the new book we're going to make some in-person visits but we still do a ton of virtual stuff and uh in a lot of ways the virtual visits made it more accessible to a lot more people like we're doing we're visiting schools all over the country that we we never would have been able to go to so i'd kind of like them both we'll still do them both um and yeah absolutely either way in person or virtual that's awesome. I'll definitely tell them. So then now I mean, they'll be like, okay, Miss Hinshaw, so when are you going to send the email? I'm like, hold, hold, hold your roll. I will send it. Is there anything else you want to share with my listeners or anything we didn't talk about that you want to share? Um, I just want to say thank you. And um, it's so awesome that you're so excited about our work. We really appreciate that. And thanks for having us. And um yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank yeah, you. and ditto that. I thank you. Really appreciate um, getting to talk with you about this. And also, I appreciate your the viewpoints that you shared. Um, it's, you know, thinking of it as confetti moments for, for other people. It's, you know, it, it's a different viewpoint. I appreciate yeah. that. I know I it's funny because to uh, like to me it's like you're famous like to me because you have made such an impact in my life and it's like I don't know if you see yourself as famous so sometimes when I'm talking to authors or illustrators I try to like be a little more calm but I can't help it because I'm so happy that your work is changing so many lives well thank you we really appreciate that definitely don't consider ourselves famous just for the record <laughs> well so. Next time you're walking in Rudy's, you, you're going to be a, oh my gosh, there's the old Trek guy. <laughs> Just you wait. It's going to happen. All right. Well, we'll it's going to happen. <laughs> All right. So I have a few questions I ask every guest. They're just rapid fire, one um, word answers. And if you want to go into the why, knock yourself out. So the first one is what book are you most excited to, that's going to come out in 2022? And it can be your own book or it can be somebody else's. I should have given that you want me to read off? So yeah, I'm, right now, one of the books I'm most excited about is the 
the uh, first cat in space ate pizza coming from Mac Barnett and Sean Harris, their graphic novel based on their live cartoon. Uh, big fan of those guys. And so um, really looking forward to that one. I would, sorry, I would steal that answer. Um, <laughs> but, but I am because we, during the pandemic, we were following, you know, the last um, cat, the, the cartoons, the daily cartoons or weekly rather. And um, my kids are excited about it. I'm excited about it. Yeah. But I'll say another one that I'm excited about is, um, and I don't want to get the title wrong, but this the fairy tale that Mac Burnett and John Clausen just announced. Is it the the three, three Billy Goats scrub? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks. I'm just really interested in hearing uh, and seeing what they do. I've heard Mac talk about um, his viewpoint on on fairy tales and stuff so that'll be cool to see oh that's so awesome i actually just had an event where we talked about fractured fairy tales and teachers are really into fairy tales it's quite fascinating to me and so i'll definitely have to check that one out okay are you left or right-handed right-handed right. okay my theory has not worked i asked this question because i'm left-handed and when I went to ILA, everybody was left-handed. So I thought, well, maybe authors and illustrators are left-handed. And I've asked this question to a plethora and I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> it's okay. All right, favorite bookstore? Uh, that one's tough. So I have three favorite bookstores, Blue Willow Books, uh, Blue Willow Bookshop in Houston, Book People in Austin, and Larkinow Booksellers in Georgetown. All right, and mine are those exact same three. Um, and I think, I mean, the reasons are, one, we're from Houston, lived in Austin. Actually, I lived in Georgetown. Um, so they were, they've always been local bookstores and they've also, um, it's just really awesome people there. Yeah, they've, they've been really supportive. That's so awesome, I love it. I know I love book people. Every time I go visit my sister, I go, we must go to book people. Yeah, it's awesome. So great. Favorite place to read? I like to read in the bed. Um, I'll read anywhere, really. Um, anywhere I can get a book. Um, and that's quiet. It, it does need to be quiet and distraction free. I do have another random question behind you. Are those all picture books? Um, Two, so the top row of books is all graphic novels. Then I have two rows of picture books and then I have novels on the bottom two shelves. Yeah. I, I think you might beat me in the book count. I mean, that is, do you, do you know how many books are back there? I don't, it's uh, several hundred. I, I don't know exactly what, but um, we read a lot of picture books, you know, um, I, my boys, I have two boys, they're older now. Uh, one's going to be 13 and one's going to be 15. Uh, we bought a lot of books when they were younger, but most of these have been acquired since we got back into uh, making books. It's just a great way to see what's out there, what other creators are doing. We respect and admire so, so much work from so many others that... Um, and I'm horrible about returning stuff to the library. So, um, you know, and we use them a lot. So they're constantly coming, you know, off the shelf and being put back on. And so it's just a great resource. So we do get a lot of books, though. 
I will, if it makes you feel any better, I'm a lot older than 13 and I have about 3000. So (laughs) they're great. And in high school, I got in trouble for not returning books to the library. And there was a collection agency out after me. And then my parents had to go help me like figure that out. And so I had to do hours at the library. That's my my story. Um, Okay. If you could put yourself in a book, which book would it be? For me, Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. That one's always been a favorite. Um, I remember when it first came out. Um, And it's just the world was created so that you'd want to be in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a hard question to answer. Charlotte's Web is a favorite of mine. I read it every year. And there's something about it that's, I just, I love. If I needed to be in a book in a world, that would be a, a great book to be in. Those are great answers. Oh my gosh, this has been so much fun to get to talk with you and learn about your process for your book. So where can my Confetti Moments listeners find you and connect with you? Uh, We're both on Instagram. I'm at jpumphrey and Jerome is at wjpumphrey. Um, That's probably the best place to get a hold of us. Um, You can also go to our website. It's thepumphreybrothers.com. And uh, that's a great place to reach us too. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having us. For having us. Hey, teachers. How are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic. Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear, Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books are my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new All the Confetti Moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world.